Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 33, Satanic Bike Riding Rituals. Content warning, we're obligated to tell you before we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up. If you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. It's okay, and we still love you. Hello, Robot. What a just, wild week yeah. it's been, huh? Uh, it has been a wild week. It has I been mean, a wild week. I crippled you last week. Mm-hmm. Globally, shit is nuts. Globally, yeah. But like in the here and now, so let's see, the 19th episode uh, was published yesterday. 18. 18th. Okay. Yeah. And it occurred to me while listening to it that we recorded it five months ago. Yeah. So our publishing schedule is like right on track. We're out like talking about current events, which are no longer current <laughs> events. But I will say that um, so the last two weeks. So that would be 32 and 31, respectively. You have been plagued with a terrible back spasm. Yes. And I have been feeling a great deal of sympathy because you know, like I have my own assortment of injuries, but it was the damnedest thing because last week we were talking about, among other things, we were talking about empathy. And uh, I got up from our recording. We made a hilarious fart joke and said goodbye after we were done. And I went about cleaning my house and I mopped the floor and this real subtle ache started to creep into the left side of my back. Mm-hmm. And within an hour or an yeah. hour and a half, yeah, I was fucking incapacitated. Like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get out of bed. It was the most, and I've never had a back spasm. I've never had a muscle spasm in my back ever, ever. I did it to you. I mean, it just, it, you know, and so I, I went to a chiropractor and he's like, what did you do? And I said, I sat on the floor cross-legged for about a half an hour. And he's like, yep, that's it. And I'm like, no, man, I refuse. I refuse to believe that. Are you telling me I'm too old to do crisscross applesauce? I, all I do is sit on the ground. I've always yeah. said, I don't prefer chairs ever since I was a kid. Like I like sitting on the floor. I'm good ever at since it. being raised by wolves. You just are like, that's, that's where my people sit. Yeah. I, it's just, it was just fucking crazy. And so now I'm a weekend and you're three weeks in, I guess, I to your thing. Yeah. And you're, I, you're better. I'm better, but not better. Um, I've, as I said last week, I was also thinking before this, um, that this podcast, because we're, we're recorded so far ahead of the release schedule is a lot like Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, except 
you and I are not as good as as Bill and Ted at actually um, understanding what the implications <laughs> are of that time difference. Yeah. Well, time travel has never made sense to me. You know, like every movie, like Back to the Future, I got that. Like he went, he went back, you know, yeah. okay, that, that that makes sense. But like, like Looper or that movie, oh, I yeah. think, like, I don't understand. I just, I fucking don't understand. Like there's five minutes ago and there's now and there's five minutes from now. I get that. But any variation. Well, we're proving it. We're proving it to the listeners every week as we talk about the 2008 financial crisis as if it was a real like current thing and, you know, all of that nonsense. Oh, it's hilarious. I'm my back is getting better. I I like your story about you taking on my injury, except that in your pain, I was not cured. It was just like you caught my back injury from me. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's how it works. I think you <laughs> you can bring on your own illness. You don't take it away from anybody. It's uh-huh. just me like, well, your boat's sinking and I'm going to punch a hole in mine as well. <clears throat> but uh, funny thing is I was I don't know. This is a month ago or something. And um, I was stopped by the local skateboard shop and I was talking to the proprietor and he was going on, you know, it's just like old man jibber jabber like, Oh, my back hurts. Oh, no, wait, my wrists hurt. Oh yeah. Well, my fucking ankles hurt. (laughs) And so we're all just kind of talking about various injuries. And then there's this cat trying on shoes and he's like, have you ever heard of gyrotonics? And uh, we all said, what? No, what? And he said, I've got four friends who are snowboarders. He's just like, he's just kind of like horning in on the conversation. I got four friends and they were like on their way to being professional. Like they're really good. And they're, you know, the sun rose and set on this activity. And uh, they were all so fucked up that they were basically going to hang up their boots. And that was it for them, you know. And they all started seeing this woman who up in like near Baker here in northern Washington um, who practices this thing called gyrotonics. And I looked it up and it's sort of like it's energetic work and it's Pilates and it's massage and it's yoga and it's all this shit. And you're like kind of strapped into this big sort of reformer type of machine. If anybody knows Pilates, it's like the big Cadillac, you know, fucking bed with, straps and stuff hanging all it looks a little bit like a bondage gray shit yeah torture device um but i went and i hung out with her for about an hour and it's like unwinds you kind of emotionally it unwinds you physically it was like it's got a great name Uh uh-huh yeah it sounds like a hard seltzer huh sounds like a hard seltzer to me (laughs) she's been doing this for 20 years And she's, you know, she like grew up dancing and was a professional dancer and was trying out for a conservatory in New York or something. And then just some, some, something shifted in her life path and decided that she was going to go into a different line of work. And, uh, it's really neat. You know, it helped a ton. I'm going to see her again next week or no, this week I'm going to see her again soon. And Get the I have seen you're not taken out of my back. I have seen so many um, practitioners of various dark and arcane arts. 
yeah. uh, acupuncture, chiropractics. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm a horrible, I, I'm not a good, um, I don't believe in things. You know this about me. Like my assumption is like, yeah, that's, but when I was talking to my wife this morning and she was like, uh, look, it's, it's just buy in, <laughs> you know, just buy in and your yeah. mind, you know, there's all of that, uh, the power of positive thinking and the power of belief and all of that stuff that I don't have because I'm a non-believer in all of the things that people believe in. And, um, she was like, just forget it. You know, just like, yeah, she, yesterday I got, I got acupunctured, cupped. Um, she burned moxa on me yep, uh, and shot me with an infrared Laser. therapy gun. Yeah. Yep. Done yeah. that. I love all this shit. I love <laughs> all of it. And I, I love being and I, cared for. I'll tell you that. I do believe that I mean, say what you will about it. I do believe that we possess the ability to make ourselves well and we possess the ability to make ourselves sick. Mm. I don't think we understand even a fraction of the power our own brains have over our realities. Yeah. And even if on a very elemental level, if you look at how why do placebos work? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. I mean, that's just like that's just that's just that's just a basic example. So fuck, man. My wife was telling me the story about this guy on a work site who uh, tripped and stepped on a, a like a large, a long nail mm-hmm. and it went through his boot and through his foot. And he started to scream in excruciating pain. And his you know co-workers came and carried him away and they took him to the emergency room where they carefully cut his boot away, only to discover that the nail had not pierced his skin it had gone like between his toes and that the pain that he was feeling was entirely hatched in the moment of having believed that his foot had been pierced wild yeah 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 it's something else um i don't know i don't know we are we are wildly complex animals and uh no, fuck it. Gyrotonics. Anyway. Gyrotonics. Uh, comes in line. What are we talking melon. about today? Um, this episode is about riding bikes for once and the stuff we do when we ride bikes without really thinking about it. Just weird, like ritualistic stuff. Yeah. And I put satanic in the title because I thought that would be more in that would pique people's interest more than just bike riding rituals. Okay. Everything is more interesting, probably when you put satanic in front of it. Well, I will say, because we have gotten somebody like kind of gave us a little bit of flack about, I don't know, religious speak or religious connotations or something. And I, I don't recall bringing that up at any point, um, but I was actually looking at the Church of Satan uh, website this morning before we started <laughs> talking. Yep. And there is a question. Why do Satanists worship the devil? This is the Church of Satan dot com. Their answer, and I totally subscribe to this. If I was a joiner, I would be a member of the Church of Satan, but I'm not a joiner. Uh, Why do Satanists worship the devil? We don't. Satanists are atheists. We see the universe as being indifferent to us, and so all morals and values are subjective human constructs. Our position is to be self-centered, with ourselves being the most important person the, quote, God of our subjective universe. 
So we are sometimes said to worship ourselves. The current high priest Gilmore calls this step moving away from being an atheist to being an atheist. Oh, Satan is a symbol of pride, liberty, and individualism. And it serves as an external metaphorical projection of our highest personal potential. That sounds like. We do like, not believe in Satan yeah. as a being or person. So. That sounds very American. It's. <laughs> I'm as far atheist. as I know. That's my, my central belief is in me and my freedom. My well, rights. Well, not necessarily. No, like I'm you're, twisted. Uh, you are. Of course. And that's I'm just being that guy because that's who I am. And I apologize for being me. That's what happens. Yeah. to religious doctrine as it gets twisted yeah so anyway stuff that we do uh right while riding bikes with um well without really thinking about it well first because we screwed this up last week we have to do the music pick of the week yes we'll do and it I got now a, rather than at the end i got a good one uh this is a band from tijuana i think they live in san diego or they live in tijuana and they play regularly in san diego um, they are a four piece, four bass players and a drummer, which <laughs> That's is a five piece sweet. Uh, oh, sorry. Four piece, three drummers and a, and a bass player. Um, and it's funny cause I, some friends of mine, when I was in high school, maybe junior high came up with this idea for a four piece, three bass players and a drummer called havoc. And they did this funny cartoon drawing on note paper of what I think it was havoc. Yeah, I believe it was havoc. Anyway, these guys are called uh, Hong Kong. Fuck you. <laughs> and it is completely fucking berserk. It is like, if you think, if you like the locust or you know anything about the locust, it's real similar in it's like <laughs> extreme fucking John Zorn ask. Yeah. Chaos. chaos. Yeah. And it's, it's, brilliant and they're they're they seem to be really funny characters in the band as well so that's my pick i like it um my pick so last night uh which when you're hearing this will be in the distant past but last night i went to see uh the san diego band plosives who who we've i don't know which of us picked them as a previous pick of the week so i'm not picking plosives but I am going to pick I'm a big fan of the opening band. Uh, I've had so many friends who are like, why are we here so early at all the shows? And I'm like, uh, um, because the opening band is like a free swing. Like you get to like audition a potentially great band. And if they're the opening band for a band that you paid to see. That band paid or paying them to be here, like, you know, like, why wouldn't you see the opening band? So last night's opening band was Meat Wave who are from uh, Chicago. I believe and we talked they, about them as well. We did talk about Meat Wave before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, it, it bears worth repeating. It yeah, they ripped worth last bears night. Repeating, it's worth repeating. Here, 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 I'll say three things about them. Um, first of all, shirtless drummer. Full respect to the shirtless drummer. <laughs> um, you know, because you're showing up and you're saying, look, guys, I... I, I know that it's weird that I took my shirt off, but what I'm about to do requires it. And I like that a lot. Um, (laughs) Second thing uh, I'll say about them is it was a Monday night in March in Boston. Now, Boston is a shitty town to play because the, um, you know, the stereotype typical Boston rock uh, lover 
basically stands there, arms crossed, with a scowl on their face, staring at you while you play. In other wearing parts, a, wearing a Bruins jersey. Sometimes a Bruins jersey, definitely a, a Red Sox cap. Um, and you know, in other parts of the country, uh, people who like music might also dance or at least bob about approvingly. Uh, in Boston, even though they love you, they just really mostly don't. So it's a hard place to come play. It was a Monday night. They went on at 830 and killed it. They just brought it all. And I think if you can bring that kind of energy on a shitty Monday night in Boston in March, uh, you're a rock hero as far as I'm concerned. So both bands, everybody, everybody loved both bands and and uh, supported them. Enthusiastically, there was there was clapping. Uh, I'm going to guess okay. there were maybe 100 people there. Uh, and I'll say for plosives, those guys are all, you know, big, big time Charlie's, which I mean mm-hmm. in a good way. And they also brought it like they've played in front of arena crowds, right? Uh all yeah, on of this, them. not well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, individually. not as this band, but in their other <clears throat> right. bands, they've been. Yeah. They've played to huge crowds, and to play a Monday night to a hundred people in Boston, I think, and bring it the way they did, uh, real professional. Okay, well, I get to see them in uh, less than a month, a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so, yeah, San Diego Supergroup, really. Yeah. One other uh, thing that, that I'll say about the show last night that was very odd. Well, two, two things, actually. One, I'm five foot nine and I'm very used to going to shows and having some six foot four bro stand in front of me and not even think about it. Like it's usually usually I go to a rock show and I'm like, I'm the shortest person in the world. Last night, uh, there was a whole bunch of people. Almost everyone was shorter than me. It was a very bizarre skewing of the height distribution curve of the human race at the show last night. I don't know if San Diego bands uh, attract a particularly short uh, crowd, but that's what happened last night. The other thing that I noticed was that if you had uh, waved a wand and made Vans old schools just disappear from existence... Like seventy five percent of the crowd would have gone home barefoot. <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, those are. I think those are good. Uh, maybe compelling <laughs> reviews. Uh, so Hong Kong, mm. fuck you, and meet our meat wave and uh, uh, and plosives. the plosives. Oh, hey, it's story time with Steve. About three years ago. Shimano tapped me to join a group of people they were calling the Gravel Alliance. Essentially, this was a group of people who were going to ride and test the GRX Gravel Group. We're going to do races around the country and rides and have light influence on design and engineering and research and development tweaks that needed to be done before it went to market. Uh, On the surface, this was just an opportunity to ride bikes and to meet this amazing group of personalities and even to take a peek behind the curtain and learn a little bit more about Shimano as a company. Uh, but on the underneath, I learned more about myself and my own self-worth than I could have ever hoped for. 
the whole thing was really brilliant. And I understand that's not exactly what they had in mind when they asked me to sign on, but uh, that was a byproduct and I will forever be in Shimano's debt because of it. Uh, So what are some of your bike riding rituals? You know, Um, let's get to the meat of this. Well, I was thinking about this. You brought, this is your topic. Um, Yeah, it's not a very good one. Oh no, I think it's a good one. I, I just, I, I was trying to think about it. I do this thing where I flick my rear wheel a lot. I think you have a similar one with your front wheel, but I will, um, I'll do a thing where I'll ride by an obstacle that you could, uh, throw yourself over if you wanted to. And I'll just sort of like, um, just lift my rear wheel onto it as I go by and say, that's a make. I do that all the time. <laughs> I like to pretend it's like, um, uh, like some of this skating video games where you could just be going along and then you just button mash and do little tricks and points, points pop out. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's plus 10. Sort that's of. 10. I've never played a skateboard video game. So I don't really know what you're talking about. but uh, Well, in the skateboard video games, you do these tricks and like little points pop out like, okay. oh, that's plus 10 plus five for the run so, or whatever it is that you're supposed to do. There's Mar- Super Mario like bangs his head against pipes and little gold coins come out, I think. Yeah, is same that- difference. OK, OK. Same difference. So I like to do that. I like to um, not really do an obstacle, but kind of flick my back wheel at it and yell, that's a make. That's one of my <laughs> rituals. OK, support that. Uh, and what, then I have this other ritual where I fall off and hurt myself. <laughs> that's not, I think that's just, that's just, that's not really universe. a ritual that doesn't count. No, I don't think so. That's just part. That's just how you're built. That's like saying, Oh, I got another ritual where I like, sometimes my skin itches and I scratch <laughs> it. Like it's just no, you're biology. Right. You're right. We also um, have a, um, we have a bunch of like, there's water towers in all the towns here. Like actually in the town I live in, I think there's three or four water towers. And it's a leftover from when we didn't have pipes going to all the reservoirs. So they would like there's a a water tower just up the hill from my house that has like almost a million gallons of water in it. Uh, And it was the reservoir for the town uh, until we got piped into some other thing. But anyway, uh, we tend to treat the water towers as sort of ritual meeting places. And I think a lot, I mean, it goes back to our conversation, yours and mine, about abandoned places. Because a lot of these towers are like on hills in the woods. And they're uh, usually covered with spray paint and we just we go there and I've taken so many photos. Uh, It's even yeah, it's like if you look through my Instagram feed, there's so many at this one one water tower that it's kind of embarrassing. But um, is that a ritual? Does that count? Uh, yeah, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be. It's a, pra- it's a practice yes, or habitual yeah. ritual. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I need to, before I pr- propose a, a, um, concept, I need to look up what the word actually means, <laughs> but I think that's, I think that tracks. Yeah. Uh, similarly, I have like, I like to f- flick things with my front wheel or back wheel. Yeah. Um, like if there's a soda can or a Gatorade bottle that's abandoned in the gutter. And especially if you're going fast Mm. and you give that a flick and you pinch it just right between your, the rotation of your front tire and the fixed point of the curb, 
you can make shit pop like 15 feet in the air. Love doing that. Love doing that. Mm. And I've, I mean, I have, I've had some heroic flicks. Epic. Mm. Like 10 feet up and 10 feet out. Like it doesn't wow. make any sense. And, and it's not intentional. Anyone? It's just, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Cause that's, no, that's the ultimate, right? Not walking, not walking on a sidewalk, but it's like, definitely like they've, shit's popped up and like landed in the path of the people around me which is mm. funny uh so there's that you can flick you know pine cones horse shit if you're in a puddle you can give a little swing and get whoever is riding next to you wet yeah. which is hilarious um uh so i do that i do that pretty much every bike ride i'm on um, another thing I do is if there is a dirt path, a jogging path, a, any kind of a dirt way next to a paved way, I will always ride on any amount of dirt that I can over yep. pavement. Um, uh, I always, and I think I picked this up from the guy that I started riding mountain bikes with a way long super time ago. Um, I will always like slap tree branches. Like if there are tree branches, or flowers or plants or any kind of foliage or anything sort of within my span of my reach, I will, I will give it a little tap. Mm -hmm. Not every time. Cause, um, cause that's not very practical. Sometimes you're just spending all this time with all your hands flailing around <laughs> off of your handlebars, but it's just like a, it's like a plant high five. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and I do that without thinking, um, a pediddle. Is that, do you know, have you heard of a padiddle? I always thought it was a thing that just my family did, but it's a, when you see one headlight oh. and you kiss your hand and hit the ceiling of the car. Oh, I don't and know so, that one. Yeah, it used to be. I mean, I heard my mom say it when I was really small and then I was on a bus going skiing with a bunch of kids and I heard another kid say it and I was like, I thought that was just the thing my family did. Yeah, it sounds so, like a thing. That I just don't know about. Yeah. But a thing. Okay. I so buy a it a pediddle. I, and because I don't have a roof, I have taken to kissing my hand and tapping my helmet, like mm. the underside of my helmet. But that's just my own fucking weird OCD, you know. Mm. I'm trying to break myself of feeling compelled to acknowledge every one headlight, but I so far <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> it hasn't taken. Uh and what's the uh the there I used there used to be this bench in uh or there still is a, a picnic bench in the Oakland Hills and for years I would be I think I've talked about this be before it was like a spot to rest if you're if you're um you know you're like on a long ride and you want to stop there and have a drink of water have a snack or whatever for a long time it was just sort of like that was a sort of a fixed point for me you know like a county county line sign or whatever Mm -hmm. And then um, eventually it got to be a place where I just kind of go and sit and rest and be, listen to the quiet or take a nap on the table or whatever. And I had some beers stashed not very far from there. And, um, and then there was a big windstorm a bunch of years ago and this huge tree fell down and it missed it by like six inches. So now it's sort of hidden behind this huge tree, which is, makes it extra. I just called it church for a long time. Yeah. Had my 50th birthday party evening there and 
Oh, nice. A little quiet memorial for a friend of mine who died uh, a year ago, November. And um, I think, oh, and burying beers. I I have beers buried all over the fucking I was going to ask you the, about the beer burying. Yeah, I, I don't, it's not, I don't know how that came about, honestly. Um, I first met a guy named Steve Garrow, who lives in Flagstaff years and years ago and we were riding together and uh i think he probably like we got to this one place and he's he cut through this fern grove and lifted up this rock and there was a bottle of whiskey or something and i was just like that's fucking cool and this is 25 years ago right at least and um yeah so i just thought that was kind of a neat concept like you just hide you hide little treasures little treats for yourself and Maybe sometimes people will find them. Um, it'd be nice if they would reciprocate or maybe replace the right. the loot as they use it, you know, so then it becomes a sort of a thing. Yeah. But I guess, I guess that's about the extent, I guess that's about the extent of it. I don't know. I can't of think of rituals? anything else. I yeah, have rituals a, and habits. <clears throat> so the water tower we ride to, I, I just, uh, I refer to it as Stonehenge, uh, you know, like we're going to make a pilgrimage to Stonehenge. Um, so I'm going to say that that the the water tower qualifies as a ritual. Another ritual I have um, pertains only to my friend Bruce. When I ride with Bruce, if I'm behind him in the line of riders or if it's just the two of us. When he stops, I will just ride into him. And, <laughs> and sure he appreciates that. And he will also just do that to me. And then we make an it's not a very elaborate show, but you know, because you don't want it to be comic, but you just be like, oh, I, I didn't see you. You want to like acknowledge it, but not pretend that it was on purpose. Yeah. But do it every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I'm gonna start doing that as soon as I start riding with people again. Yeah. I'm working on like eight years of riding alone or, you know, I see you out on your, uh, your bike paths with other humans. Yeah. Well, he, since I've been in, uh, Washington, I definitely have increased, but my schedule has been so wonky for so long. Like everybody has work, you know, yeah. like nine to fives yeah. and I don't, and I don't necessarily know if I'm going to be, you know, what if you make a plan to ride on the weekend and you wake up that day and you just don't feel like it. Yeah. Uh, so I just, yeah, I spent a lot of time, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time writing alone, but I I do have a kind of a cool little community here. And my buddy Greg is constantly like anytime, any, every day he's not working, he's text me and kind of rousts me. I get out with him. Um, you, sh you should try pushing him off his bike. It's fun. And no, he's a much better bike rider than I am. I don't think that's going to work out for you. No, that's the, it sort of or kind of uh, transitions into the second question is where did the writing ticks come from? Oh yeah. And I think, I mean, they all have come from people who are much better bike riders than me. Like, like I said, Danny Norton would high five plants. And this was when we were in college. I mean, this was like early nineties and he also would ride any paths that were available that weren't. And this isn't like, 
skidding up embankments or over root balls or whatever, you know, like this isn't, this is like not widening trail kind of shit. This is just riding through town. And if there's a little grassy path to one side or the other, he'll, he would prefer to take that. So that's what I do. Um, Mark Dickerson and Dave Strunk, I think I probably referenced here. Those guys were two cats. Dave and I went to high school together and Mark, I met through him and they were just like terrors. You know, these guys were such good bike riders and I learned all kinds of funny things and just how to like on a ride to stop and do trials on a log or something like that was just their jam. Playing on their bikes was foundational to their bike riding yeah uh, process and steve garrow and gene oberpriller like that guy uh and gene is sort of like the impresario of bike derelicts in minneapolis yes and he has all kinds of things you know he'll buzz your tire or like yeah 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 I don't know. My friend Mike is a tire buzzer. And so I run into Bruce and Mike and I will just try to like ride each other off the path or he'll like reach over and grab my bars and just like steer me off kilter or, um, you know, if everyone's stopping, he'll keep riding and we'll sort of do that bike jousting thing like who can keep their foot up. First, when you're feeling when you're feeling it and somebody does that to you, like if you're feeling stable and I totally barked at Gene the last time he did it to me because I had just had a seizure. And then we were doing this like a, within a week, we were doing a 100 mile race, air quote, in Minnesota. And he was buzzing me and I was just like, my fucking brain and body were not on the same page. And I kind of snapped at him. I'm like, you can't I can't fucking play today <laughs> i'm just i'm not i'm really not wired for it right now mm. and i think he understood but that was you know like it's fun when you're when you're on the same page but yeah 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 i'm not trying to instance. antagonize anyone right in none of this is like if someone is not on it right you don't you don't fuck around right you're right it's like rough housing with somebody who doesn't want to be rough housing you're right. not going to do that, but you rough house with people who want a rough house. You're on the same page. I just yeah. didn't happen to be on the same page that day. That yeah. actually made me think of another thing that uh, my friend millionaire Bob taught me who he, he was taught by a guy named Willard Ford, who was basically like a team manager of, um, of the, I don't know, Oaktown wheelman and the Le Cheval race team, which was like cat one and two haunches in the East Bay a long time ago. Uh, Willard, being here's a funny little association. He's Harrison Ford's son, one of Harrison Ford's sons. Oh. And he's, he's a super cool guy. Um, but he would do these things on group rides where he would put his hand on your shoulder, like his left hand on your shoulder. And he'd be, you'd be doing a big long climb <clears throat> and he'd be talking about like, you know, you, you really been pulling super hard for the team this year. You're riding great, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, pumping you up but the whole time he's basically getting a toe up the hill <laughs> and i love that i love that i do that constantly yeah I, you know and even if you're like you're not even on the team there there's no team you're right. just talking a bunch you're just talking out your ass and just a bunch of a like toe up the vaguely complimentary garbage <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's a Willard Ford trick i always i like that a lot i don't do that as much as i probably that's a that's some real Han Solo stuff there, Willard. Funny. Another, here's another funny little side note is that 
Willard, when he was living in Berkeley, he and his partner had a little boy. Yeah. And the little boy was really into fucking Star Wars, like as as all little kids are. Yeah. And he would refer to all of his, he had all of his dolls and he had his Luke Skywalker doll and his Chewbacca doll and his Princess Leia doll and his grandpa doll. <laughs> How fucking crazy is that? He would refer yeah. to his Han Solo doll as grandpa. That's, that's hilarious. That's tight. That reminds Anyhow. me of my friend Sue. My friend Sue T taught at a private school, still does in Seattle. And she had in her class a lot of like she had um i think at various times she's taught jeff bezos uh bezos kids and the and bill gates daughter and uh they were doing some section in school on binary the binary number system and sue said to the class does anyone know where binary number system is used and another kid puts their hand up and says oh oh in computers and uh bill gates daughter put says oh my dad works with computers <laughs> wow yeah yeah well a yeah, little bit i suppose bit. yeah <laughs> i suppose this is accurate i think a lot of my riding rituals uh yeah i mean they come from other people uh i'm pretty sure bruce ran into me first and then i started running into him i think he invented that and mike definitely buzzed me and did all that stuff first um i don't know where i got the rear wheel thing but I think I rode fixed gear bicycles for a number of years and I was never a big skitter. Um, that seemed like, I don't know. Like the I big flourishy, like big flowery skid. Yeah. Like that kind of skid. Okay. Yeah. Um, and even like skidding into a light seemed dumb to me, but I would do that little hitch, you know, where you lift the rear wheel and slow the pedals down. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, so I just, I was doing that all the time. And then I just brought it over to mountain bikes, even though it doesn't do anything. It's fun too. also, like you can throw your weight forward and lock up your rear brake. And, and then it makes it look like you're doing a, a fucking six kid, but right. you're actually, you're actually not, you're just tearing up somebody's lawn. <laughs> right. Oh, that's, that's a thing. That was a, that was a Mark Dickerson and Dave Strunk thing is they used to do a thing called yarding. And they would just haul ass into these nicely manicured lawns and walk up the rear brake and lean forward. And just these <laughs> huge pieces of sod would be flying up. But yarding. Yeah, that yarding, was like that was that. their influence. Um, um, there, oh, there's another one that I don't know where this came from, but it your reference of that's a make and a little rear wheel hop. Reminded me that. Um, I used to do like a speed bump in a street. If I would ride over a speed bump, I'd like kick my leg out like a can can or yeah. like a Superman or like I was doing some kind of big motocross jump when in fact I'm just riding over a speed bump Yeah, and it's slow motion and I'm not catching any air. I'm just like doing something with raising my hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or a knack knack or a I always do that in the I do that ritualistically in the car. If I go down a hill, <laughs> I'll like take my hands off the steering wheel <laughs> like I'm on a roller coaster. The other the another one I do actually trail running with my my running partner is anytime we like jump over a log or a rock, there's any kind of off the ground thing, I yell parkour. Oh good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that doesn't get old. No. Well, it's one of those, and my friend Dave, um, 
Dave, whose car got stolen at the Guar show, Dave. Check. Dave taught me a brilliant, I think, comedic technique where you say a, a joke that's funny and you keep saying it until it's not funny. And then you keep saying it until it's funny again. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a that's a cornerstone. Yeah. Of of humor. Yes. I think. Or yes. just like total fucking aggravation and a fast track <laughs> to people not wanting to hang out with you anymore. I mean, win, 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 I think. Win, 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 <laughs> win and, a, and a win and opens up for a third win. That's indeed. right. That's right. Uh, well, let's get on to uh, let's get on to the question three. I mean, we're kind of a little bit short, but this is like this topic just kind of came to me and I didn't know if I had much to talk about, but it feels pretty good. Maybe it's kind of we've kind of run, let it run its course. I don't yeah, know. I love it. It's good. It's good. But a would you rather? And I thought about this last night. Again, I think I think I think about this pretty frequently. I'm thinking and about would you rather's all the time now. It's almost yeah. like I have to tell myself to stop. I want people to start emailing us would you rather's because like the stuff that comes out of, and some of them are so fucking dumb. Like, n- n- come on, man, you didn't put any effort into this. It's right. the worst versus the worst, and it's right. not like, and it's like. It's too easy to come up with like, oh, would you rather poo in your hand and like rub in your hair or like <laughs> poo in your hand and rub it on your face? Like, just stop it. You know, like, don't even bring the shit up. It's not thoughtful. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not creative. It's not funny. <laughs> it's, uh, so, okay, yeah, like funny. I, this is this is one that I. I don't know what maybe I changed the size on this from your original suggestion. Softball or or softball. They're equal size. They're equal size in the original. Let's just read. You go ahead and read it. Okay. Would you rather eat a softball sized ball of hair? And this isn't just like a loosely like you just push pull some hair out of your hairbrush or someone's hairbrush. It's a mystery hairbrush. Right. And it's this is a compacted ball this is probably like a pound of hair yeah or a softball sized ball of wasabi and i think we should probably put a time limit on this too uh like a day right course Mm. of a day how long Mm -mm. i mean i'm not sure i could eat a a softball sized ball of hair (laughs) in a (laughs) i don't know how long it would take to get through that (laughs) Um. <laughs> so, uh, this, you know what's funny also is we were having dinner this week i have family dinner at my house where my wife and my two boys we all have dinner together and we do that uh-huh. pretty much every night because we're the jeffersons or the waltons or we're all the good american families anyway um my i made meatballs i made them uh myself and my son was sitting next to me eating one he's like there's a hair in this meatball and I was like, well, whose hair is it? And the natural answer is that it's my wife's because her hair is long and it's everywhere and it's easy to identify. But I'm the only one that cooked. So he's like, it must be your hair. And I was like, well, it could be the dog's hair. And he's like, well, I guess it's not as bad if it's a dog hair. So we ended up having this whole <laughs> long conversation about whether it's worse to find dog hair in your food or human hair. Your your kids are so ridiculous. I love like the little stories that you tell about their like, and it seems the way you present it, it's, it just seems so, it seems so thoughtful. 
you know, like, do you think, dad, do you think you could like, you know, like drink a gallon of milk and or whatever the fuck he's like some of the shit that you said where it's where they're like really like really sincerely wondering if you could taste whatever in a gallon, you know, some gross right uh, adolescent boy concept. And and I just I just I like the way that it's presented and I like I don't know, I like the way their minds work. Family dinner is the is like the best thing in my life. And and it is that way. Not I mean, yeah, okay, we're together as a family, family values, blah, blah, blah. But actually, it's so funny. It is so funny. Like every fucking night. It's so funny. I have a feeling that this is just your wife having dinner with like three 14 year old boys. Like, absolutely. (laughs) What's her (laughs) perspective on this? Well, she plays straight man on one hand, right? Like she's the like disapproving stone faced or she'll say that guys stop. That's gross. Like we're eating fucking dinner here. She's that person. But then also she'll tip over into laughing. And then she's she's just encouraging you then at that point. Well, definitely, definitely. The other thing else I want to say about family dinner is that I, we had a, a meeting at my younger son's school one time and the teacher, I think this was fifth grade. And the teacher was like, oh, Ian is great to have in class. The only thing I would say is that uh, anytime there's like a pause or a quietness in the class, he he will say something to to make his classmates laugh. And he is funny, but it is sort of disruptive. And I said, I said, look, we are training him every day for that. Every day at dinner is just that. And so he brings it to school and that's our fault. Also, I'm not going to tell him to stop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I I would imagine that's kind of a tough line because you're sort of stifling their humor and stifling their creativity, but also like you kind of got to teach that there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, you know. But then does that? I don't know. Fuck, I don't have any kids. I'm not putting any brakes on it. And I told her that I was like, I'll just be honest. That's just. He's probably going to keep doing it. It's better to be funny than smart, in my opinion. He'll grow out of it. Yeah. Well, you know. So better to be have common sense and book smarts too, I think. Sure. But that's another conversation. Right. Uh, so back to this, uh, the pressing question of eating <laughs> ball a ball of hair or ball, ball of wasabi. Hair or a, and the original question was a softball size of hair or a golf ball size of wasabi. But I think it, it makes sense to balance it out. And it, uh, let's be fair and say you have four hours to do this. Four hours. I think that's reasonable. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably I'd go with this wasabi just because it's 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 a edible. food. <laughs> yeah, it would be a bummer. And yeah. it, I mean, you can drink water or are you just eating this on an empty stomach because that's going to fucking destroy you. I don't know how you're going to get a ball of hair down without water. Yeah. I um, Yeah, I'm going to go with the wasabi, too, also because it's food. And I feel like that we agree on this says that the it still needs some tweaking. Right. Mm. Like golf ball size of hair or softball size of wasabi. Does that change the calculus? for you? I would for sure go for the hair because you could get that down in in a couple of attempts. Yeah. 
and you're, I mean, you're not going to digest it. It's going to cause some issues, but, uh, but I, that's easier for me to wrap my mind around than wasabi, but I couldn't, that's a lot of hair. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> okay. That's a lot of hair. Now, let me ask you this. Now the ball of hair is dog fur and not human hair. Does that change the... No. The no? golf ball size ball of dog hair? Yeah. No, I do. I feel like I'd I probably do hair. that every day, just ambient. Just my dog. Pubes. I probably consume a, a, a fair amount of it. A ball of pubes. <sighs> and it, you don't know who they are. It's like random. Yeah, like random pubes. I mean, I'm going for the wasabi. <laughs> okay all right see so this is a this is a you know there's a lot of variables and a lot of variation and i think that's that's the magic of uh would you rather yeah and that brings us to an hour robot god damn all right how about them apples how about them i'd rather eat so an guess, apple than that ball of hair i guess i'll read the outro now do it you won't thank you for listening to revolting everyone if you have questions for us or topics you'd like for us to pontificate on Email me at stevel at cyclingindependent.com. If you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the Cycling Independent, please share it with a friend. It's the only way to keep this party going. So on behalf of the Cycling Independent and Revolting, I'm Stevel. And I'm Robot. Thanks for listening.